0: hola y bienvenidos a la daily hustle soy enrique Byrones y presidente es el mejor cerveza y dad water son los mejores bebidas no abate por no filter network miguelito Sandiaguito, aka bobby barrels aka bobby ball not with us today will the thrill clark Not with us today, but as you guys know, dead or alive, job or no job, we come on here and properly salute our boys each and every single day. Yes, 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 yes! Woo! A very pleasant and happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you on the 24th day of November 20th. Twenty-three. We are brought to you by. Yup, you guessed it. Bet online. The holiday season is often rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet online is the top spot for everything. Pro and amateur sports, and not just the big four. Bet online has info available at your fingertips for desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played. I don't know about underwater basket weaving, but MMA, international soccer, you name it, you can bet on it. Can you bet on two frogs fucking? I don't know. Haven't checked. But you might want to look it up. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BLEEV, capital B, L, E, A, V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Also, don't forget about our partners at KT Tape. That's right, get yourself some of the pro-oxygen tape by hitting the QR code in the upper right-hand corner. I am not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, nor did I say it at Holiday Inn Express last night, but I can tell you through experience, this shit works. When you apply the tape, it lifts the skin, promotes blood flow to the area, reduces inflammation, and the pain that is associated with, with it kt tape deflaming muscles since its creation and then lastly to focus for the show let me see here i got it somewhere i just pulled it out yep there it is i got this verge shot of greatness it's a little lemon a little ginger a little cannabis and it makes up a shot of just pure life go to try verge Dot com, Ask for my guy, Jory. He will take care of you and all your Verge needs. Salute, everybody. Mm. So smooth. Really is. Okay, let's get right to the Daily Hustle email this morning. Because, hey, in my humble opinion, I thought it was a good one we basically i love how every single time i come back to this i got so many different devices rolling that it becomes a little bit overkill whether it's the watch the two phones the ipad and the computer i mean seriously so anyhow here we are buenos dias Today is black friday November 24, 2023, and for the first time ever, we are going to slash speaking engagement rates in half. So, if you are looking to fire up your business or team virtually or in person with a live, interactive, kick-ass, personalized keynote experience, we will cut my normal speaking engagement rate by 50%, here's a caveat, if booked today. And today only customized topics include chasing up the start that stops us becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable routine savages, the value of work, channeling obsession, non-negotiable team players, codes of conduct, parenting principles, maximizing your child's potential, coaching one-on-one, how to get the absolute most out of our teams typically i have the capacity to do one live in-person talk each month and one live and interactive virtual speaking engagement per week these slots fill up fast so hit me up asap to inquire and we will work to make it happen speaking engagement inquiries please email you guys ready for this eb at no filter dot net again that's eb at no dot net and already got a hot hot lead this morning but wait there's more absolutely everything we sell at ericburns.com is now on sale for just you guessed it 22 dollars the effort list normally 28 bucks the daily hustle 222 normally 49 bucks and the footboard, normally 49 bucks, are all just $22 a piece. Click, link, and go wild, folks. See ya, EB. So there it is. Decided to play with that this morning. Now, we'd already done the items in the shop. So the whole website, by the way, if you've been to ericburners.com before, and you're revisiting it now, we... Essentially, had to tear it down. It was a bit of a mumble-jumble mess, and we switched our, our host, and I think with all that just came all sorts of confusion. So we decided we're done. Tore the whole thing down. We now have it back up and running with some basic principles, which is essentially a link to the footboard, a link to the effort list, a link to the Daily Hustle. Our new book, Let Them Play a Parenting and Coaching Guide to You Sports, is going to be released soon. So figuring the plan now is to self-publish it and put some big dollars behind it. I truly believe that we got to get the shop right when it comes to making sure we're ready for the massive amount of sales that we anticipate when that is released, but As far as the speaking engagement thing, I don't know what your situation is, whether you run a business, whether you're a coach of a team. Look, the point of this is that I typically will do about a half a dozen speaking engagements a year. And they're expensive. There's no other way to put it. It's a pretty big breadwinner here at our household. That all said, I really love it, and I enjoy doing them. I enjoy hearing about a team story, a business story. I think that I get as much out of them as anybody who goes and is able to engage and participate and listen to one of them. So with that, I, again, like today, decided, well, look, let's go ahead and try to make it more accessible to a team, to a different organization, wherever, and financially have it make sense for them where it's not going to absolutely slaughter the pocketbook. And I understand that in all of our lives, right, we have to decide where we want to spend our money. But ultimately, again, if you are a business, if you are a team and you're looking for something that you think could help motivate your people to help get them over the top. I firmly believe that you guys are going to get far more out of this than you would actually ever have to put in. So on that note, go to EB at nofilter.net and let's get this thing set up. We could also do this virtually as well. And I've done a handful of them, private events for people on no filter network i should be doing a lot more whether it's a team um the school it doesn't matter but they're a lot easier obviously you don't have to deal with the travel expenses or the logistics or anything else we can hop on here you could bring up to five thousand people it doesn't matter you guys can knock you can interact you could be a part of all of this so anyhow let's uh get rolling here as well when it comes to the articles today the first one i just ran across right before i came on air here we are a life optimization podcast first and foremost obviously we focus heavy 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 on baseball especially when will the thrill is here but we also like to give you guys nuggets that i think could help you along the way and it says i talked to 263 of the world's longest living people There are nine non-negotiables for a long and happy life. For the past 20 years, I've traveled across the world to study the five blue zones, areas in which people live exceptionally long lives. Okinawa, Japan, Sardinia, Italy, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Icaria, Greece, and you ready for this? loma linda california that's right that's the home of the seventh day adventists or seven day adventists i'm not exactly sure exactly what it is but they're super healthy people and that's what's allowed them to be on this list it says it says here here are nine non-negotiables that help add years to your life number one move naturally the world's longest living people don't pump iron run marathons or join gyms instead they live in environments that constantly nudge them into moving they grow gardens and don't have mechanical conveniences for house and yard work every trip to work to a friend's house or to church starts with a joyful walk okay i'm gonna call a bullshit on this one and the reason being is that running marathons is actually part of our nature because we as human beings, back in the day, we used to hunt our food on chase hunts. So we go run and run down, I don't know, say a buffalo for three to four hours, which is the typical time of a marathon. And then that's when the thing would peel over and die. And then we're eating for a month. So other than the marathon thing there, I do totally agree with that. Move naturally. You don't have to force it. You don't have to overdo it. Although Kowalski's saying is anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Yeah, it's uh aggressive mentality. All right, number 2 here, purpose. The Okinawans in Japan call it ikigai. And the Nikiyans in Costa Rica call it plan de vida. Both translate to why I wake up in the morning. Residents in every blue zone experience stress which can lead to chronic no no, no 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 no, hold on a second i don't know where planet vita residents in every blue zone i visited had something to live for beyond just work research even shows that knowing your sense of purpose can add up to seven years to your life at least at least i mean it's if you don't have a purpose in life and Shit, I'm 47 years old, right? And I like to think I've done some cool things with my life. The one constant that I've always had, always, is a purpose. A reason to pull my head off the pillow in the morning and say, yeah, let's go. I'm going to charge today. When I was younger, it was school and it was sports. As I got into... High school, college, same thing, right? It became school and baseball at UCLA. Then it was baseball. And it was my profession. And then it was, you know, in all of this, too, was relationship building. Where I think at different phases of our lives, we have different relationships. And, you know, say some from a romantic relationship, obviously, and end up getting married and everything but also just a relationship that we have every day with our friends. And for example, the relationship to be able to come on here to no filter network each every single day, and then go across the podcast platforms to have this communication. That's huge. We as human beings need that social connection. We need to have that purpose. So, you know, what is your Ikigai? What's your reason for getting up? Now I think it's since evolved after baseball, for example, to, Broadcasting. Well, broadcasting's been there for the past, call it 15 years. But also, on top of that, I have these other sub-things in interest that I like to get after. Endurance sports. So it was swimming, biking, running, ultra-marathon stuff. That then led to speed golf, pickleball, all of these things that I get excited about. Pickleball, and you can fucking laugh, and it's okay. I, I I get it. I actually was thinking about it this morning. I'm lying in bed. Just got up. It was like 5 in the morning. And I'm thinking about my backhand. Just my one-handed backhand compared to the two-handed backhand, and when I would implement the two-handed backhand, that's a tiki guy. That's purpose. That's awesome. We have the Manueles, Giuseppe Pepe Manueles, his birthday today. By the way, happy birthday to Joe. Uh, co-founder of No Filter Network. So they're here, but that just gives me that extra pizzazz to want to get up in the morning and go hang, and we're going to talk about our bets, and we're watching Dolphins play on TV today. That's all of that. Like We need that. So make sure if there is a little bit of a void in your life, find something. Find a craft, find a hobby. Nothing wrong with it. Find something that will consistently entertain you. All right, number three here, says downshift. Even people in the blue zones experience stress, which can lead to chronic inflammation and has been associated with every major age-related disease. Don't miss. I'm a nutritionist from Japan, home to the world's longest living people. Here are six American foods I never eat. So they're shoving another article in here. But they have routines that shed stress. Okinawans take a few moments each day to remember their ancestors. That's a good one. Adventists pray. Icarians take a nap. And Sardinians have happy hour. The Sardinians are the people in Italy. And they love their wine. All right, number four, the 80% rule. Hara Hachibu, the 2,500-year-old Confucian mantra that Okinawans say before meals reminds people to stop eating when their stomachs are 80% full. Dude, I did this yesterday. And I'd like to applaud myself. People in the blue zones eat their smallest meal in the late afternoon or early evening, and they don't eat any more the rest of the day. Okay, I do not do that. But I did yesterday because we ate so early and I wasn't super hungry. I literally filled up to about 80% because I knew later in the night I was going to want to eat again. So I did. Now everyone else stuffed their bellies, everybody. And. That biscuit walking around going, dude, I'm in a turkey coma. We were playing pickleball downstairs, just hitting the ball around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tara went to bed by nine o'clock. Karen in bed by nine o'clock. Joe was out early. I got a text from him at like 10 o'clock. It was really funny here. I'm going to share it with you guys. Hold tight here. So this was 10 p.m. last night. He goes, hey, bro, any chance the pickleball will stop soon? The sound is resonating up here like you're hitting balls on our door. I'm like, I can't stop laughing. I'm crying. He's like, thanks, bro. That's some solid stamina, though. I didn't think that they could hear it all the way up there. I knew Peanut, whose bedroom is right down there, I knew she would be able to hear it. But I didn't think it was going to go all the way up there, but apparently it did. All right, number five here. Plant slant. Beans including fava... Black soy and lentils are the cornerstone of most Blue Zone diets. Meat is eaten on average of only five times per month and in a serving of three to four ounces, which is about the size of a deck of cards. Number six, wine at 5 p.m. People in Blue Zones, even some Adventists, drink alcohol moderately and regularly. Moderate drinkers outlive non-drinkers. I mean, the easy explanation for that is that it reduces stress levels. The trick is to drink one to two glasses per day with friends and or with food. And no, you can't save up all week and have 14 drinks on Saturday. I definitely used to do that. Number seven, belong. All but five of the 263 centenarians I talked to belong to a faith-based community. Denomination doesn't seem to matter. Research shows that attending faith-based services four times per month can add four to 14 years of life expectancy. Wow. Number eight, put loved ones first. Centenarians in the blue zones keep aging parents and grandparents nearby or in the home which studies show can lower the disease and mortality rates of their children. They commit to a life partner. This can add up to three years of life expectancy. And they give their children plenty of time and love. This makes the kids more likely to be caretakers when their time comes. Number nine, find the right tribe. The world's longest living people choose or were born into social circles that support healthy behaviors. Okinawans create MOIS, M-O-A-I-S, MOIS groups of five friends that commit to each other for life. Research shows that smoking, obesity, happiness, and loneliness are all contagious. By contrast, social networks of long lived people favorably shape their health behaviors. Well, I mean, we've heard this before. We're the sum of the five people that we hang out with most. So go ahead and make sure we're paying attention to who that is. So there it was. It was the nine non-negotiables for a long and happy life. Thank you, Dan Buettner, uh, contributor to CNBC. And he was the author of Blue Zones, I believe, a book I read years ago. I like how these books and articles and everything just keep resurfing okay shohei otani is the most highly coveted free agent possibly ever and mike petriello i like this guy big stack cast guy he went ahead and ranked the teams who needs otani most We're going to go 11 down to one for all the teams that potentially could sign Shohei Otani. You guys ready? And this is the level of need that they would have and how he could greatly impact their team. Number 11 on the list, the Angels. We're sorry. We know it will be a franchise-shattering moment if and when he leaves, and we actually believe there's still a tiny chance he returns As improbable as it seems to everyone else in the industry, it's just that they've had him for parts of six seasons now, and not one of those seasons ended up with a winning year. That's disturbing. Much less a postseason berth. It goes without saying that just about none of that is Otani's fault, and losing him would certainly make their path forward even more difficult. But it's not like this is a playoff team losing its biggest star either. It hasn't worked with him. It might not work. Much worse without him. It's a good point. Number 10, the Dodgers. You're surprised too, right? There's a franchise that's seen as most likely to land Otani, and yet we've got them all the way down here at 10th. The thing is, the Dodgers just won 100 games. Most of their problems are in their tattered starting rotation, which Otani wouldn't be able to help in 2024. And as a great hitter, as he is, they did just get 33 homers and an 893 OPS out of JD Martinez. Who was their primary DH in 2023? Is Otani better than Martinez? Yes, certainly. Particularly since Martinez is now a free agent. Is he that much better? Maybe not in a way that would move the needle as much as you think. Number nine, the Red Sox. Boston has a ton of needs for their new chief baseball officer, Craig Breslow, to fill. And it's possible that DH isn't among them. Even with Justin Turner off to free agency, It's exceedingly clear that they need a great deal of help on the mound. And there are also questions to answer at second base and behind the plate. There's also the question of whether the defense, which was a massive concern last season, is better off with Masakata Yoshida moving from left to designated hitter. Not, of course, that this prevents you from adding Otani. If you can, you absolutely live with Yoshida's defense in the case. But compared to some other, Of the other clubs on this list, Boston is lower than you think. Okay, let's just take a break for a second. Because Shohei Otani primarily has not been a defensive player because of his pitching. So to limit the reps on the field and just in baseball in general, they've kept him from playing defense, as they should or should have, I should say. Now that Otani is not going to pitch in the upcoming season, why the fuck would you not have that guy play defense? He is one of the fastest guys in Major League Baseball. I promise you, if you work with him on his routes in the outfield, he could become a prolific outfielder. I think one of the best. So whoever it is that ends up signing Otani, my number one thing, that I would like to tell him is, look, if you're okay with it, I want you playing defense every day. And I think that very easily could also click his offense as well as he doesn't pitch next year. Now, when he goes back to pitching, yeah, sure. When he comes back to pitching, by the way, I'd like to see him as a reliever. That's where I think his huge value could be. Ideally, his longevity could be as well. You're not going to tax him with all of those innings. And he seems to be, no matter whether we like it or not, even as a starter, he's a max effort guy. He goes out there. He's not throwing 95 in the first inning and then cranking it up later. No, this guy comes out firing 100 miles per hour. So for the time being, until he comes back and until he's on the mound, let's get the value out of him. And a lot of that value, I think, could potentially be defense. Now, there's going to be some work that he needs to put in, and that's okay. Call Uncle E. I'll go out there and help you kid All right. Number eight here. The Padres. This is a reverse list going down to the number one team that would need Otani. Number eight. Stop us if you've heard this one already. San Diego is a team that needs pitching far, far more than it needs hitting because – Blake Snell and Josh Hader, Nick Martinez, Michael Walk, and Seth Lugo are all free agents. There are questions at first base and catcher. There's the ongoing saga of whether to trade Juan Soto or not. It's safe to say that Matt Carpenter and the newly retired Nelson Cruz won't be collecting nearly as many DH starts. A position which was the Padres, they were 17th best. That's a good fit here. Just plenty of comp... Locations before it can happen. I look, I don't know. I I just feel like you have so many superstars there already, and that's one of their issues. So if you have Juan Soto in Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr., and then you add Otani. I mean, you have those four players and you can't fucking win. You might want to think about relegation. Seriously, if you're Major League Baseball. If the Padres literally had those four superstars and did not make the playoffs, it's back to the Pacific Coast League. Uh, Yeah. And I don't know. Look, this is why I always tell the boys, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. When you're putting together a team, You've got to be able to put together a squad. And when you mesh too many superstars, too many big personalities, everyone's always, you know, one of the things that happens, and it's not even, let's just take ego out of it for a second. But a lot of times, it's always somebody looking to the other guy instead of saying, no, I'm the fucking man, right? Like Machado being able to grab the bull by the horns hop on that thing and say, follow me, boys. The same thing for Tatis Jr. where I don't think Tatis Jr. can be himself. Him and Machado have had their issues over the years. And then you take Juan Soto, and it's like he's such an eccentric personality himself. Where does he fit into that whole picture? And now you want to add Otani? It's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense that he would end up in San Diego. Hmm. All right, number seven. The Rangers, the defending World Series champs, aren't likely to just sit still. and They've been rumored to have interest in Adi Otani, or was the case more than a decade ago. Of course, the Rangers did just score their third most runs in 2023, and somewhat similar to the Dodgers and Padres, much of their right now issues are on the mound. It's fair to point out that Mitch Garber and Robbie Grossman, their primary designated hitters last year, are both free agents, and that important Importing a bat isn't a bad idea, though they'll benefit from a full season of Evan Carter with top prospect Wyatt Langford. I mean, doesn't that sound like a cowboy on the way? Again, it's not more urgent than pitching, but the Rangers have been full of high-impact, hot stove moves over the last few years, haven't they? I I like this one. I think this is possible, and. Especially, you got Chris Young there. You got the new stadium. You're fresh off the World Series. It seems like it'd be a great place to play. Otani doesn't seem to be super keen on the really big market teams. But I also think that Otani wants to play for a fucking winner. And that's what Texas is right now. They're winners. And they're going to be winners for the next several years. (sighs) Ultimately, if I were to guess right now, this is where I think he ends up. I really do. I could be wrong. Could be way off. I think he ends up in Texas. So look out there. Number six, the Cubs. Chicago made a big splash with the signing of manager Craig Council, but their new skipper takes over a roster that didn't make the playoffs last year and is currently without free agents Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman. Retaining Bellinger is a Cubs top priority. But if he doesn't return, a good, not great offense – will be without its top bat and without an internal replacement. Sure, corner infielders like Matt Chapman or Reese Hoskins could fit here, but they're not Otani, and they, like last year's primary DH, Christopher Morrell is already a hot name on the trade market, meaning that adding Otani would also bring the benefit of whatever Morrell might be swapped for. Right now, the roster probably isn't good enough to be a serious contender. We know one great way to change that. Look, I thought the Cubs did a fantastic job with what they had last year. David Ross, and by the way, why isn't his name coming up in any sort of managerial uh, openings right now? I actually don't even know what's open. But David Ross, is he'd be one of my top guys that I'd go after. The fact that it was counsel out and then – uh Ross, excuse me, Ross out and then counsel in. The Brewers hired Pat Murphy, who, and we haven't talked about this yet on the deal hustle, but I played against him when he was the head coach at Arizona State. He's a bulldog, man. This guy don't give a fuck. This is the same guy that drove, he was, I don't want to say he was homeless. I think the story goes that he was living out of his car, but he was a young college kid himself. He just graduated and he showed up at Notre Dame and it was almost like a Rudy sort of thing where it's like, Hey man, like how can we help you? He goes, I'm Pat Murphy, your new head baseball coach. And he ended up having a really successful career there, went to Arizona state where he was really successful as well before getting uh, a job with the Padres. He managed in the minor leagues for a long time. I believe there was a short period of time where he took over. Maybe as like an interim manager and then when Council got the job in Milwaukee, he grabbed Pat Murphy, took him with him, and that's been a happy marriage. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Counts without having Pat Murphy there. I'm sure it will be fine. But anyhow, the Cubs and Otani, I don't know. I don't know if I can see it happen. That's I, – I guess it could be a fit, but – it doesn't make a ton of sense right now, I think, if you're Otani. Number five, the Yankees. It says the Yankees are desperate for offense, having scored the six fewest runs with the ninth weakest slugging. I mean, that's shocking, considering who they have in that lineup. It says they're desperate for left-handed offense. I mean, that'd be Cody Bellinger, right? Because their lefties were better than only those of the Royals, A's, and White Sox, even setting aside the need for a positive Breath of fresh air after last season's bad vibes. The on-field impact here is obvious. The clear issue here is one of roster fit in that Giancarlo Stanton is a primary DH. And as much as you'd like to say, he could just go play a corner outfield spot. Nothing about his recent health history indicates that's a possibility. Again, if you could get Otani, you don't let that stop you. You trade Stanton or you just get as much outfield time as you can from him. As long as he's able. But it's pretty messy too. In fact, LMB.com's Mark Feinstein noted recently that the Yankees aren't expected to be involved in the Otani sweepstakes Number four the Mets. All right. I mean, I also hold on. I, I need to retract for a second because if Otani's, you know, coming off the surgery and he can't throw, he can't fucking throw, that means he can't play the outfield. I don't know if that's gonna be the case. Now, a lot of guys they can't pitch, but they are able to throw. I I mean, we've had a very short period of time. These people have Tommy John surgery in their back with their throwing exercises and everything else. So I don't know what the case is with Otani. They might treat it a little differently because he is a pitcher and they do plan, he does plan on pitching again. But I still think he could be a hell of an outfielder. All right, number four, here's the Mets. Much of what we said about the Yankees applies to the Mets too, except without the roadblock at DH. The recently non-tender Daniel Vogelbach was somewhat unfairly seen as a personification of many of the club's 2023 issues, but it's also fair to point out he wasn't really the solution either. Like the Yankees, the team's offense was a terrible disappointment. Like the Yankees, the Mets are a high-payroll team that sees winning the back pages of the local newspapers to be valuable, unlike the Yankees. It's not a messy fit at all. Otani's bat would be a game-changer on the 2024 Mets even if he can't help them on the mound until after next season but like many of the other clubs here the need on the mound is far more urgent okay this one I just want to talk about this for a second because I posted this Wally Backman speech and this is I think from a long time ago when he was Managing the peanuts. Uh, he was with the Long Island Ducks last year. He was let go. No longer with the Long Island Ducks anymore. I really, really, really want to buy a fucking baseball team so I could hire Wally back and as the manager. I do. He is everything and more than I would want in a manager. His ability to call a spade a spade, to call guys out when they need to be called out. He's intense yet he's personable he's funny the funny thing is i don't even fucking know wally but all of the guys in the minor leagues that i played with in the big leagues in arizona connor jackson carlos quentin mark reynolds there's a list of them chris young justin upton and i don't know how many of these guys played for wally but wally was a minor league manager in the dimex system and every one of them. Talked about Wally Backman as the best manager they ever played for. This dude needs a job somewhere. If you're a major league team, uh, if you're an organization. I get it. He comes with some baggage. He's had some issues uh, in the past. So we'll figure out what those issues were, and i dive deeper into it. But this is without getting into what... May be a little bit of a trouble past, and I do think we need to have empathy and forgiveness, and we're all changing, especially as we get older. So, if he has made some mistakes in the past, then yeah, it's not something we can completely ignore. But is it something we can get past? Yeah, I'd like to believe. Wally Backman managing the New York fucking Mets—that just seems like the fit. Holy cow! That I, I know they—they've already hired their guy, but if I were the Mets and looking at that, yeah. Make 1986 great again. Okay, number three here, and again we're counting down to the eleven top teams that could use Otani. So eleven was the Angels, and now we're down to number three: the Blue Jays. A possible dark horse in the mix. The Jays need to replace at least three bats. Matt Chapman, Kevin Kiermaier, Brandon Belt are each free agents, and their somewhat confounding 2023 showed the that unlike some other clubs, they have solid depth and just really need another star, or at least for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to start playing like one again. They can't expect their excellent rotation to last forever, and Guerrero and Bo Bichette are each coming up on a free agency. It seems clear that the Jays will add a DH to type to replace Belt. Everyone wants to be Joey Votto, one of the greatest Canadian players ever. What if it's Otani? instead okay Let, let's make it vato have vato go there oh tiny's not fucking going there he makes he's gonna make too much money it's 500 million dollars in canada is gonna want to take 60 percent of that nah no thank you the canadian government would like this to happen but instead go get joey vato and the other thing you got to do if you're toronto sign beau bachette sign Vlad, keep your young studs, make sure they stick around. That's what they have to do. They, for them to get in the market and something like this to try to land Otani. it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. If you can land a pitcher to put you over the top, like they did Roger Clemens that one year. Uh, yeah. That's when you go out and get somebody, you trade for somebody, you bring a man to, to help put you over the top. You don't try to sign a guy for 10 fucking years out of Canada and Ah, no, 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 no. The only one really would be happy about that, like I said, is the Canadian government. All right, a couple more here. Number two, the Seattle Mariners. Seattle generally doesn't end up with contracts at the level of Otani's expected deal, but then again, no one ever has, and there's been a connection between player and city. One of the very few teams that might have a surplus of starting pitching as opposed to a lack of it. The Mariners desperately need to add some pop to a lineup that can depend on Julio Rodriguez, J.P. Crawford, Cal Raleigh, and maybe not much else. Only one team struck out more than the 2023 Mariners, yet their slugging was merely average. Would you believe Mike Ford... Made more than twice as many DH starts as any other Mariner, and his reward for that was being designated for assignment. A team badly in need of offense couldn't do better than this, but a loss. It seems as though Otani may not be part of the Mariners' plans. What? Why would he not? If I'm the Seattle Mariners, whose owners. And I still think they're the same way. I mean, when they are I was there they were the owners of Nintendo. Right? I mean, there was a huge connection between Japan and Seattle. Ichiro loved it. He was a fucking icon there. Everything makes sense about Otani signing with the Seattle Mariners. The market's not too big, it's not overwhelming. The fact that Ichiro has already been there and done that, makes it easier for Otani. Otani respects the shit out of Ichiro, too. So I think it'd be an honor to go there and be the predecessor, uh, the heir to Ichiro. I think that from an offensive perspective, he could bolster that team. I think there would be more value there than anywhere else when it comes to his off-the-field marketability. i mentioned this earlier. If Otani is just worth $30 million a year based on his offensive statistics and the fact that he's a five-war player, and this is without him pitching, then you can add in another $10 million for the fact that he will pitch again down the road and there's going to be value there. And then you add in another $10 million for his marketability, and it seems like $50 million average annual value would be the number. I'm going to stick to that. If you go 10 years, that's $500 million. If you go 12 years, that's six dollars million. I'm guessing 12 years, $600 million to the Texas Rangers. I still think the Rangers are going to land them. But if not, the Seattle Mariners, the Rangers is a wild card pick. That is totally out of the blue. And I don't know if it's going to be Otani that ends up choosing it or the offer is going to be better. But if I'm Seattle, I'm letting Otani's camp know right fucking now. We will not be outbid. That happened to me. I'm not kidding. So I was a free agent in 2006. And I was coming off a season that I didn't play well. I had a good first half of the season, then I got traded to Colorado. Played there for two weeks, got traded again to Baltimore. Struggled in both places. Got non-tendered by the Baltimore Orioles, making me a free agent. So when I became a free agent, I had all these offers. Not all these offers, but I had some offers. And the first offer I had, I'll give you an example, is was a Pittsburgh Pirates. One year, $2.25 million. The next official offer that I had was from the Arizona Diamondbacks. One year, $1.75 million. The third offer that I got was from the Cleveland Indians. One year, $2.5 million. And quote from Mark Shapiro, we will not be outbid. Let us know if we need to go higher. I was a fourth outfielder. That was it. Coming off a shitty second half of the season. Shapiro saw value there. And I'm very grateful for that. So think about it. I had three offers. $2.25 million. Basically, the left field job was mine in Pittsburgh. $1.75 $1.75 million, and the center field job was mine. And, again, they both of them were like, yo, you're going to have to come earn it, but we anticipate you being our left fielder in Pittsburgh. McCutcheon, I believe, was the center. And then maybe McCutcheon wasn't there yet. I don't know. But then you had in Arizona, it was $1.75 million, but you're a starting center fielder. I'm like, God, oh, geez. So here's the caveat from Cleveland. 2.5 million dollars but you're our fourth outfielder we anticipate you getting 350 plate appearances you're gonna play against all lefties and then situational righties Ah, oh, that was tough and it was along the lines of yo we also think you could be our everyday guy but right now we have three guys that we consider our top guys and then you would be our fourth but Figuring you could play left, right, and center. We could put you all three. So, I went back to the Diamondbacks. That was the one that was really interesting to me. I had a condo in Scottsdale. It just seemed like an awesome place to play. They had a good young team, a bunch of young guys coming up. And I went to A.J. Hinch, who was the director of player development at the time. And he was the one that actually made me the offer. And I said, AJ, do me a favor. Go back to Josh Burns and Morad and whoever else is gonna make a decision on this. I have an offer right now for 2.5 that he said he'll go higher. So we think we could get that easily to 3 million. I can't leave 750 grand on the table. Excuse me. I'm like, I can't, I can't leave a million dollars on the table, is what it was. Can't do it. To go from 2.75, let's say we get to get 2.75, I, to 1.75. Like, there's, dude, for a million bucks, I can't. It doesn't make sense. But I love the fact that I'm going to get an opportunity to play and play every day. If you guys get it to 2.25, I'll walk away from half a million. No problem. Won't even think about it. AJ went back. A few hours later. 2.25 done. <laughs> Sign me up. I was in Arizona Diamondback. Mark Shapiro, though. I just thought that was a badass fucking move, man. That will always stick with me. It, it really will. Just the fact that he was able to say, yo, I I don't give a shit. I'm not getting outbid. I want you on this team. And that meant something. I mean, I wish more GMs would actually do that. Because this is it's a recruiting war, a lot of it. So, all right, the number one team on the list, numero fucking uno. That Mike. Hold on a second here. Petriolo. Petriolo, Petriolo. All right. The number one team, according to Mike Petriolo, that would need Shohei Ohtani more than anybody. The San Francisco Giants. Boom! Yup! This is it, he writes. This is the team. The Giants weren't bad in 2023. Not really. Instead, maybe worse, they lacked a fascinating player. A true draw. It's clear that a roster... They had a lot of moving parts, and little actual star power was missing the big-ticket item. And we know that because they tried to add both Aaron Judge and Coach Trey last offseason, meanwhile, their 383 slugging percentage oh, was the lowest in the National League. Their primary DH from last year, Jock Peterson, is a free agent. There are no roadblocks. There's a dire need on the field and off. They need slugging. They need star power. They need Otani. There's no team he helps more. Wow. Okay. So what does that mean? Is San Francisco going to make that offer? Are they going to go ahead and pull out the checkbook for 500 plus billion to land this guy. I sure hope they do because they are the team like Petriola writes that he could help more than anybody. They instantly can become contenders. Once again, By signing, they they need a middle of the order bat. I mean, they were futile. It was bad. It was tough to watch, and they had their moments of glory. But holy shit, talk about reinvigorating a fan base! You got Bob Melvin, you have Matt Williams coming back and joining the staff, and then you go get the number one free agent in the history of Major League Baseball. You do that, and it's fucking on. This team will make the playoffs next year with Otani. Now, do I think this is actually going to happen? I don't. I think Seattle would have the advantage over San Francisco, and I think Texas would also have an advantage over San Francisco. Might be wrong. He's familiar, though, with the AL West. There's something about familiarity. There really is. I also believe that I don't know I, where's Otani going to live in San Francisco. I mean, downtown's kind of a mess right now. Is he going to be rolling the Peninsula? Yeah, I guess he could. you want a place in Atherton, Hillsborough? I don't. Know, maybe he goes East Bay. I just, I'm just not sure if I see it. Maybe, maybe I'm off here. I'm just not quite sure if I see it. The cost of living, the California tax. I mean, get the fuck out of California. if you can't. I don't think Washington is much better. Is it? Well, then again, didn't Washington have no state tax? I know Oregon does not have state tax. I'd have to take another look at it. But I think when we're talking that much money, it fucking matters. And that's why the Blue Jays are 100% out of the picture. I, I think Texas. I mean, that's where Texas is. Really singing to me, man. You got the no state tax. The cost of living is just minuscule. I mean, the crib that he could get anywhere in that Dallas area. And if, if you want some downtown, you go to Dallas, you get any of these suburbs, you get communities. There's just a lot going on in Texas. The only thing that sucks is the weather in the summer. But who gives a shit? You're playing inside. Not that big of a deal. So, yeah. What about the diamondbacks? Any chance? You put Otani on that team with all those young studs. I just think financially they could they couldn't make it happen. There's no way they could justify it. All right. I've already gone on too long. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Appreciate you joining. If you're listening on the Deuces Wild Daily Hustle podcast links on Apple, Spotify. Caffeine TV, Fubo, wherever else. Appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. If you could leave a review, five stars. If you're feeling generous, it really helps with the podcast rankings and all that other bullshit. So it's uh, it's a game we got to play. And that's about it. We're back on Monday with an all-new Deuces Wild Daily Hustle. Then Will the Thrill is back on Tuesday for that. I think, and be patient with me here, excited about this. We're going to start adding guests to the Daily Hustle each morning. Come on for like 10 minutes. It's a way to spice things up a little bit. And to be quite honest with you, I get sick and tired of talking to myself for an hour straight. So, Everyone have a fantastic day. A lot of love. Grateful for each and every one of you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to Giuseppe Pepe Manueli. And fins up, baby. Go Miami. See ya.